Praise the Lord. So this week, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Psalm 116. But before I get to Psalm 116, I want to talk about this. I, I saw this question posted on uh, CBN.com. It was Pat Robertson asked answering questions that people had. And the question was, how do I pray for a miracle? And this, our, the answer, is, it's an excerpt that was taken from his book, Answers to 200 of Life's Most Probing Questions. It goes back, it was copyrighted back in 1984. And it says, when we are faced with a great need, either for ourselves or others, we should begin by humbly seeking to know what God's will is in the matter. And you should see John, 1 John chapter 5, Romans 12, Romans 8. And um, he said that you have to listen to the voice of the Father. Be careful not to start or end a prayer by saying blindly, if thy will, if it be thy will. Oh my goodness, what's wrong with him? Rather, you should seek to know God's will in the situation and then to base your prayer upon it. Say, Father, in advance, tell me what your will is and what you are doing. Then you can ask him to perform the miracle that you know he wants to bring I think that's, I, and I, I, I got think that confused. Well, he's confused, but I think what happens is that might be his faith, his level of faith. He can't go forward unless he feels within himself that it's the Lord's will. Sometimes you don't know, so you ask the Lord, you know, if it's his will. That's, that's what the Lord said, acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will direct your path. So you have to ask God sometimes because you don't know. You can research and you can be torn. You can be 
looking for an answer. You feel you don't really have an answer that's sufficient. So you go to the Lord and you ask. And it's not blindly when you say, Lord, thy will be done. That's not being blind in your prayer. That's being accepting of God's will. I don't understand how he's thinking. I remember when uh, this lady was going for a promotion and she was praying with the mother of the church. And it was a big promotion. And when they got through and she just knew she was going to get it. And then after they prayed, the mother of the church said, according to your will. And the person said, oh, Lord, I'm not going to get the job. Because they could feel within themselves that the promotion wasn't for them. And then they came to themselves. They said, first they were sad. Then they said, well, why would I want something that's outside of God's will anyway? And so they said, it's not meant for me. You have to ask God if something is his will, if you're not certain. You know, you, I, don't, I don't get that. That's, that's not blindly doing something. I don't understand. His, his faith has to be, I don't know, maybe more, more along the lines of Thomas. Once I see it, I believe it. Well, anyway, he says most people ask God for a miracle, but many omit a key requirement, the spoken word. God has given us authority over disease, demons, sickness, storms, and finances. And you can look up and, and look at Matthew chapter 10 and Luke chapter 10. We continue to ask God to act when, in fact, he has given us the authority to act with divinely empowered speech. We are to declare that authority in Jesus' name. We are to command the money to come to us, uh-huh. command the storm to be stilled, command the demon to come out, command the leg to grow, command the cancer to leave. But he's missing something. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever it says that's in Mark chapter 11, but, verse yes, 23. But, I mean, he says that so casually, but that's very important. You believe, and what are you believing? You believe that God has heard your prayer and that the Lord is going to grant your request because it's according to his will. You don't, you're not disconnected from the Lord. It's not something that's abstract. You know, so when they say, oh, doubting nothing, so I believe it's going to happen. How do you believe it's going to happen? You believe it's going to happen because the Lord hears your prayer, and you believe God himself is going to honor it. That's how it happens, not because you just said something. He says, believe in your heart that it has already happened. Uh-huh. With the anointing your... of faith that God gives you, you speak it forth. With the anointing of faith that God has given us, we believe that the Lord will honor our request. And I believe that's why a lot of times things don't come to pass for people because they're thinking they're speaking something into existence as if God doesn't have a hand in it, that they just have this faith that's independent of of the Lord. It does not exist like that. So the authority that he's talking about is our faith and our trust in the Lord to hear us when we command it. So I'm thinking about all these people. There are a lot of people who don't read the word. There are a lot of people who don't go to church. There are a lot of people, but they come up against these terrible things. You know, you're, you're faced with a great need or a sickness or a disease. Uh, and, they, uh, and I'm thinking, how would they pray for a miracle? 
I mean, they would have, they know enough to go to God because they know that God is a healer. They know that God has all power over life and death. And well, they might not, but they but might. But I mean, at that moment, I don't know if they would know to say, "Oh, I got to go to the Bible and I got to see what is God's will. What is God's will?" What but they I might pray? not know. That's or why. Or they say, "What? what is, I don't know if this is in God's will. Maybe I shouldn't pray for it." No, Maybe but I, that's where I, you ask God if it be His will. Or according to your will, Lord, that you don't leave out. I don't know why he thinks a person should leave that portion out. That's very important that if you aren't sure, then you say, Lord, if it's your will, and show me. Lord, reveal to me whether it is or whether it isn't. But then you prepare your heart, like we said last week, to receive whatever answer God gives you. So he might say, yes, it's my will. Or he might say, no, it's not my will. But I don't, I don't know if, because, you know, people who are believers should just command things to happen. Well, I know the Lord says you can command me, he said. Me, but, but like but, money to come to right, you. Right, that's, that, uh, that's not scripture. That's somebody, that's just human. Yeah, I was reading it, even Lament. They brought back to mind Lamentations 3 and... Um, 37, where he said, Who is he that says, and it come to pass when the Lord commanded it not? So it's like saying, Who are you? Who are you to say, um, It come to pass when the Lord don't command it to come forth? Because it let you know you can't speak anything to existence if the Lord bring it to pass when you ask him in faith. Right. You have to go to. Well, I know that we have authority to do. To command demons to come out in the and, name of Jesus, and and I know it says in Mark eleven twenty three that whoever says to this mountain, "Be thou removed and cast into the sea," right? But you're not just looking at the and, mountain, and you don't doubt in your you heart. You don't doubt the Lord in your heart. See, people leave that out when they say, "Well, we're not doubting in our heart." What are you talking about? You don't doubt the Lord in your heart so that when you speak to that mountain, you know that the Lord is going to move the mountain. What do you think is moving the mountain? God himself. You're speaking, when you say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, you're speaking in the authority of the Lord and you know that the Lord is going to move that mountain. God is going to do it. You're not separate or disconnected from the Lord at any time, any way, shape, fashion, or form. You have to go through the Lord. Well, anyway, so when you pray for a miracle, it's okay to say, Lord, if it's your will, yes. I'm asking that you heal so-and-so. Heal me. Right. I'm asking that you bless me to get out of debt. I'm asking you yes. in the name of Jesus to right. uh, take this burden from me. And you can tell the Lord. And until you say, no, Lord, I believe, your answer is yes. And that's where your faith comes in. Though I don't see it, I believe your word. I believe your promises that you said. This reminds me of um, when I was in school, and you have to do things a certain way, a textbook um, way of doing certain things, you know. Or you're a carpenter, and you have to put things together. This, Or when you buy something, and it says that you have to put it together, you read the instructions. And read it the says, little manual and the <laughs> blueprint. <laughs> and then yeah. this, you should have so many screws, so many mm -hmm. uh, washers, and, and that you put piece A <laughs> and piece B. <laughs> but I, some, it's just not 
that hard when you're going to the Lord because you know what's in your heart and you know him. Right. And you know that he loves us and there is no way that he would ever trick us. He would not tell us to ask or to trust in him if he wasn't going to follow through. He said, if you ask me for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. Mm -hmm. If you ask me for fish, I'm not going to give you a serpent. He said, I'm not here to try to trick you or deceive you or to set you up just to knock you down. That's what man does. God doesn't do that. So when we have confidence, we have confidence in what? The Lord. And he said, um, and John said, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Right, in the Lord. And, 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 and so you find saints getting away from the Lord and just believing in, I call it like existentialism. They just believe in confidence. They, they don't say God, they say the universe. A greater, higher power uh, somewhere. No, we're talking about the living God. And we're saying, when we ask and we believe, what are we believing in? When we have confidence, what do we have confidence in? The Lord God Almighty. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up before we started our topic. And I want to uh, talk about Psalm 116. And we'll focus on certain verses, but we'll read the whole psalm. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death come past me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, I... Have I spoken, I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant, and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, verses 1 and 2, because, you focus on the word because, because you know the Lord, because he hears you, because. Why are we doing anything? We do it because of the Lord. You know, unconditional love only exists with the Lord. God loves us 
You know, and, and, and I know firsthand, he loves us in spite of ourselves, in spite of what we do, in spite of our mistakes, in spite of what we have done. He loves us. He loves us. And we love the Lord because he loves us. We love the Lord because of certain things that he's done individually for us. We serve the Lord because of certain things that he has He's pulled us out of miry clay. He's pulled us out of problems <clears throat> that we created. We do this because, because, you do things because of the love of the Lord. You don't do it for any other reason but because of God himself. You don't want to perish. You don't want to, you know, you don't, you want him to take you through your tests and your trials. Right. You want him because you want to be that. victorious, right? And, and and when a person is in distress, not everybody knows that when they're in distress to go to the Lord. You know, some people when they're at the brink of spiritual death, they don't go to the Lord. The enemy's hoping that they are so bound in their mind and in their spirit and in their thinking that they don't have the presence of mind to go to God and tell the Lord, help me. Because some people don't. They, they give in. And the one trick of the enemy is when the person is going through, the enemy tries to convince the person if they would just give in to whatever it is that's tormenting them, It'll be like a release. It'll be like a, a release of a pressure valve. It's like once you give in to it, then you won't have to, that resistance. You, it won't be there anymore, and you'll find that you'll have peace. That's the trick of the enemy. And when the Lord tells us clearly, we have to resist. We have to stand fast, and we have to resist. So when the enemy is pounding and pressuring a person it's so that emotionally and spiritually, the enemy's trying to wear them down so that they get to the point where they just give in. A lot of people don't realize they have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, grant me more grace. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, undertake for me. And they have to go to the Lord and ask the Lord to intercede on their behalf mm -hmm. and so that the Lord can take them through this. So every one of your prayers means something to the Lord. Uh, even if you're going through and you don't have the strength or the wisdom or the knowledge or the understanding, you know that God exists. You know that God is a way maker. And if you go to the Lord and say, Lord, please help me, that prayer means something right. to the Lord. That, and God is mindful of your prayer. God is mindful of and he will send you grace. Each and every person who prays, God is mindful. Right. And now, the thing is, he'll send you grace. Because once you pray in faith, the Lord honors that faith, and you can feel his grace. A grace is a, a feeling of confidence and affirmation that you know that God has validated you. You can just feel it in your spirit. You'll get up and there'll be a peace that you would not have had before. And when you feel that, then you feel like what it says in verse 12. Oh, what can I give the Lord? What is it that I can give to him? You know, because mm -hmm. you're so grateful that he has heard you. Mm -hmm. You're so grateful that he's answered your prayer right. or even just heard your prayer. Right. I can't tell you that sometimes I just, it just does something to me to know inside that God heard me. Right. You know, because if he hears you, you know that he's going to do something. And then verse 13, you know, what, what it 
What is it that you can give to the Lord? What is it that you can give to him? You can get saved. Right, you can give him your heart. You get saved. You stay saved. You call on his name. And anything else that you try to give God other than your heart and, and, and get saved and, and stay saved is unacceptable. Right, it's like giving him a sacrifice that, that's lame. And when, when people go through, some people think that they're too, they've done too much wickedness. That's not so with the Lord. There's nothing that you have done that God can't forgive you for as long as you're willing to accept his Holy Spirit, accept salvation, as long as you're willing to repent and humble yourself before the Lord, then you don't have to worry that your sins are so great that they can't be forgiven. That's impossible. And the other, there are people who say that they've sold their soul to the devil. And I hear that a lot. And I'm saying you can't sell your soul to the devil. And I hope people hear this. You can't sell your soul because you don't own your soul. God owns your soul. All now, souls belong to, to God. the Lord. So you, have, you, can't, you can't sell what you don't own. Now, the thing about it is, can you give your heart to the devil? Like we said before, yes, you can. But can you take your heart back? Yep. Yes, you can. The enemy has people thinking that once they have given over to the devil, given their heart over to the devil to sin, that somehow they're locked in there. No, you're not. I don't, I don't care how the enemy tries to take a hold on you. Once you make it up in your mind that you're going to serve the Lord... They cannot hold you. There's no one greater than the Lord, and there's no one equal to the Lord. They cannot hold you. Once you determine that you're going to serve God, nothing, the Lord will allow nothing to prevent you from coming to him. I mean, nothing. And then verse 14 says, pay your vow unto the Lord. Well, what is that? That those vows are to love God, right. to serve him, to crucify your flesh, Right. That I mean, you got saved. You got saved because you love the Lord. You got saved. And we're saying saved because you have received his spirit. Now you're one of him. That's your spiritual DNA. And then you crucify your flesh every single day. Right, because it's an enemy of the Lord. And that vow, that you do that to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, to crucify your crucify your flesh every day. That's precious to God. Right. That means something to him. Mm -hmm. He cares about that. Nothing else matters. Just your connection that you have between you and, and the Lord. Right. And, and that connection will last and last and it's last everlasting. and last. Life everlasting. But if you have no connection with the Lord... You're going to be lost. Right. You're going to be lost. And he gives, you, he gives you everything that you need. He wakes you up in the morning. He gives you your right mind. He um, gives you everything that you need, your life, your health, your strength. I was standing at the kitchen washing dishes just the other day, and I'm thinking, I couldn't even breathe if it weren't for the Lord. Right. He gives me everything. I couldn't even think. I mean, people say that, you know, the alarm clock didn't wake you up. Right. It was the Lord that woke you up. Right. He gave you the ability to hear. He, he gives you your strength. He answers your prayers. He hears your prayers. He does, I mean, there, I can't even think of anything that he doesn't do for you. Right. And then when people say, well, what about people who are autistic? What about people who are mentally retarded? What about people who are this? I said, God knows each and every one of those souls. 
I said, so now this is what I tell them. I said, the Lord, that they belong to him. He knows them. And he will deal with them accordingly. I said, but you have to take care of yourself. Now, what about you? You're worried about them. What are you doing for your own soul salvation? Because if you have to get your house in order before you can come and clean up mine. So because of all this that the Lord does for you, Everything that, what can you give to the Lord? Verse 17, what can you give to God in return? The sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of praise. And we'll call upon. You call on the name of the Lord. That means that you serve him. What would you give? What would you render? What would you give in exchange for something? You know, in order for God to bless you, you have to seek after him. And cling to the Lord. You have to take up your cross each and every day. Crucify your flesh. Mm-hmm. Follow after the Lord. And, and you know, it, time is running short. Time is very yes. short. Every yes, day yes. that you wake up, it's getting shorter and shorter. So as time goes on, we only have a window of opportunity. And that window of opportunity gets smaller and smaller every day. And, and you shouldn't let that window of opportunity pass you by. God has given you this time right now, this moment, to get things right with him. Right. God has given you this time to change your ways, to get saved, to repent from your sins. God has given you this window of opportunity to do that. And as time goes on, this window of opportunity is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And, you and don't maybe want it to close on you. one day you won't have an opportunity. But while you have the chance, take the moment, take it right now, and give God the glory. But because we know the Lord, because of his blessings, because he loves us, because of what he has done for us, it's because we serve him. It's because we want to get saved. And that concludes this program for this week. Praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 39. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's Fruit for Thought was, what did John the Baptist eat in the wilderness? And the answer is locusts and wild honey. And that answer can be found in Mark chapter 1, verse 6, which reads, And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. This week's food for thought is, How many times did the cock crow when Peter denied that he knew Jesus? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.